Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, Nicole and Eddie. Wow, Eddie has been finally acknowledged in the cold open. (gasps) Gasp. He was acknowledged like two episodes ago. Oh, well. I finally acknowledged him in the cold open. How about that? Um, hey, Nicole and Eddie, question. What are some of the most prevalent vampire lore rules that you guys know? Okay. Burn by sunlight. Burn by sunlight. You have to invite them in. You have to invite them in is a big one. They feed off blood. They feed off blood. That's probably number one. Um, they don't like garlic. They don't like garlic also, right? We've seen that in a couple of the Dracula series. It comes up. Yep. Anything else that comes to mind for anybody? Well, like super speed, super strength. Sometimes you get flight. Yeah, I feel like that's like a newer addition to vampire lore. They sparkle. Uh, They sparkle. Also a new addition to (laughs) vampiric lore. That's not lore. Uh, They're uh, pretty pansexual. Yes that they are uh yeah no all these things i think are true and uh i think the first three for sure will get explored in today's episode of the show where we talk about let the right one in let me in and the 2022 version let the right one in they went back to the original name and uh, i'm super excited because this is actually one of my favorite We'll talk about the, the classification of this film, but it's one of my favorite films, the both of them, uh, as is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having wow. this discussion with y'all. All right, so, cool. I'm Rolando. And I'm Nicole. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About. Unoriginality. And vampires. <laughs> and vampires. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to say your favorite vampire, right? Not vampire movie or whatever. Just like depiction of a vampire. Mm-hmm. What property would you say is your de- favorite depiction of a vampire? Of a singular vampire? Uh, or just like vampire. Yeah. Like vampiric okay. lore. Um, yes. What we do in the shadows, the TV show. It's if I one. had to pick one specific one, it would be. Colin Robinson, the energy vampire. I think that might be the most creative oh my God. use of vampirism or definition is, of yeah. vampirism that like yes. I have seen on a TV show. Or I kind of honestly, I feel like it just reinvented vampirism in, in such a wonderful way. Absolutely. And uh, the actor who plays that role, he does it so well. But yeah, I think that would be my if I had to pick like my favorite vampire since I've you know been watching vampire stuff because shockingly I've seen so much vampire shit. You know? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> uh, everywhere. It is. It is. And you know, one of my favorite shows. Was, I was gonna say Buffy, right? Like I was gonna say potentially either Spike or Drusilla or even maybe Angel, but no. Right now, it would be absolutely one hundred percent Colin Robinson. Eddie, what you you scoffed at my at my decision there? What do I? 
that you didn't choose uh, Nadja. Nadja is good. Uh, Eddie, what would be yours? Mm, that's a good question. I actually, I, I guess because this is a show that I'm watching now, too, it's, it's What Would You Do Shadow, and it would be Nandor, the Relentless. Mm. Yeah, Nandor's, actually, Nandor's good. That's a good choice. He's actually uh, has become like kind of my favorite. Probably because he, I think they're hinting that he might get into a relationship with one of the characters, and I'm like here for it, but I just want them to just pull that trigger already. They're making it like, they're making me wait too long. Yes. It's like <laughs> either put out or shut up. Uh, who? What, philosophy in life. <laughs> what would be yours, Nicole? Gosh, this is really hard. Um, I mean, you know, Dracula's iconic film-wise. At least I've never read the book. But I, I guess I gotta say the vampire lovers, just because it's like a heavily sapphic vampire film. Um, I that I just I don't know it. Yeah, I actually covered it on my. Uh, you should watch this for October. Mm. Um, but you know, people very subtle plug there. I love it. Yeah, a little subtle plug. But uh, after I saw it, I just couldn't believe the fact that there was this 1970s horror movie where it just is this woman pursuing other women and women becoming obsessed with her. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a pretty okay movie. Uh, but for that, it's like a masterpiece in my mind. I guess actually, depiction of uh, vampires would be Near Dark, the Catherine Bigelow 1987 film. Uh, where they're just depicted as a bunch of like gross nomads huh. um, who are like really savages. And the word vampire is never uttered in the film, but uh, one, they clearly are. Right. They run away from sunlight and they feed off of blood. They have those two things in common. They don't age. They never die other than from sunlight. Um, and they're just terrible, but you kind of are rooting for them. It's interesting. That is interesting. I have That brings up a good point. What is your opinion on movies or even tv shows where you, they're about something but we never say that word like yeah a vampire movie where they don't say the word vampire right yeah or yeah. a zombie film where the word zombie is never used like what's your opinion do you have like an opinion on that i mean i actually kind of like it um okay i mean i but i don't necessarily mind it when we say the word oh my god it's a vampire you know like right. i don't i like both um i like also just like sometimes you know things don't need to be said we've seen vampires a million and one times do we really need to say oh my god i'm a vampire you're a vampire i guess it depends uh, on the context right like i think mm. if it's a character realizing that x person is a vampire like why wouldn't you say vampire yeah. you know what well, I mean? true or but a zombie also, or, but then it's also like interesting when you don't say it too, because then there's there's enough for you to be like, why aren't they saying it? Mm. What's the reason there? You know, are they trying to say something? Is this not even a vampire? So, or a zombie? Mm-hmm. When, well, I feel like when they don't identify it, um, I just wonder too if this is the first time they're experiencing in any form uh, this creature. So, like having no lore or no mythology at all to base their experience on this creature. So this is something new because yeah. I feel like if it's, you know, if it walks like a duck, you know, like you'll call it out, you yeah. know, even to give it, because we always want to name something, you know, so we can control it or at least we can control the fear that we experience mm-hmm. it. But when you don't name it, it makes me think, first of all, it's, it's like an unknown and it's, 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 it's an unknown and you have no basis 
no basis at all of this new experiencing that you're 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 having with a, this monster. Yeah. So I find that yeah. interesting. Yeah, nice. I I suppose the reason I was asking that was because I memory serves correctly in two of the three properties the word vampire is mentioned in the context of when the character realizes that one of these other characters is a vampire they say yeah. it which puts us into the understanding of like okay so the lore of the vampire exists in this in this world mm. and uh and therefore we have to assume that like well then that brings up the questions of like well are the rules that they engage in like how did they discover this on their own or did they just happen to have an understanding of vampireism just from like urban legend and like learn, you know what I mean? It's, it's a weird thing when it comes to, to this subject matter, which is actually why I, I don't know. It's just something that I thought about as we were watching, as I was watching all three of these things. Uh, but yeah, I guess we might as well just kick things off. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. One really quick thing I want to say sure. is that you can say, say it vampire, but then completely, you know, disregard all the other lore and make your own just like in Twilight. Uh, I mean, they still had some of their rules, right? Like they were allergic uh, to sun. Well, he could he could exist. I mean, he went to school. Yeah, so yeah, like, but that's because that area was so cloudy; it blocks off the UV. That's <laughs> that's the literal reason why but he was able I, to go to school. But that's the thing: area. like sunlight doesn't kill them; it just exposes them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that what happens? Yeah, yeah they, oh. they glitter. I, I, what I know, happens he, when they he go doesn't in the know, sun. Nicole. He doesn't know. Yeah, I do. You never watched Twilight? I well, saw the first Twilight. I've never seen the he, others. But that's also like the major criticism of the film is how much they play with vampire lore, especially because they named these characters. Like they said, I am a vampire. Edward, right. Like, There's like a that. scene where like yeah. she says, it's like, say it. Say what I am. Vampire. Are you scared? No. <laughs> anyway uh i mean there's there's so much to vampirism and we're actually going to maybe continue that next week with another property if Um, not next week the following week for sure yes it's all depending on my busy schedule guys yes heads up there if you're a rolando fan he might not be here next week we apologize in advance so we are covering let the right one in the 2008 it's so so weird to say 2008. It's yeah, I guess it's 2008. 2008. I think. Is uh, also <laughs> when did it officially start being 20? I guess 2010, right? 2010. I um, think. Yeah. Yeah. The 2008 Swedish film. We're covering Let Me In, the 2010 film. There we go. And the brand new Showtime series 2022, which all are pretty much their own rendition of a novel, which I didn't even know. I thought the the film was original. Yeah. Um, which it doesn't take away from it, obviously. Right. But like, I was just kind of shocked. No, because also when I was like, why are they turning this movie into a TV series? Well, they're not. They're just adapting the book for a television series. So, yes, which makes me wonder if like if if the book, if the TV series is more based on uh, the book. Yeah, based off of the book, because Matt Reeves, who wrote and directed the the middle, you know, let me in. He said, like the original film, it takes uh, it really stripped down the book to just really focus on the relationship of the kids. And that's mm-hmm. the movie that he wanted to tell also, uh, yes. not really tell everything else. So which makes me wonder, it's just like, oh, is all this other stuff that's happening now in the TV show for, from the book or not? Or is it just like, you know, created for the show? We'll, we'll we'll find out we'll discuss we'll find out yes yes but i remember when let the right one came in because you know it's not often that people in america are made aware of foreign films mm-hmm. it's just it's not it's it, i hate to say it about us but 
we just watch a lot of our own films. And when a film from another country hits so hard that like everyone watches it, not just like film people or like film savvy people, it's like everyone I think knew about this film, at least was aware of it. And like a lot of people were watching it so much so that they rushed the American remake into production two years later. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a huge hit. So did you see this movie when it came out in 2008? No, I don't think I saw it when it came out. I saw because I saw them both like almost right next to each other. Uh, mm. I actually saw Let the Right One In first. So this is like the first time I think I've seen these <laughs> in order. Uh, but the first time, the first one I saw was Let the Right One In. Then I saw there was an American version. This is like the early days of streaming for Netflix, right? Uh, I just happened yeah. to ha- I just happened to sit down. I was like, oh, I watched the, this movie. I liked it. And then I'm like, oh, there's an American version. I don't have to read subtitles. And I, I watched that one. And uh, yeah, that is that, so that's how I saw them. And then when I found out out of the blue that Showtime was making a series, I was just like, no fucking way. Like, yeah, seriously. How was my first question? And then I was just like, well, we have to cover it because I do love the the first two iterations. Yeah, I actually and I do think, yeah, I'm going to say this. Like, I actually do like both of them. I think they're both different films. Okay, While still being Um, the same. And that's yeah, that's such interesting how they could complement each other and yet Mm -hmm. do their own films. Um, So I did see this movie in 2009, I believe. I Mm -hmm. didn't see it in the theater. I saw it in DVD with some friends of mine who were like, oh, we hear this, you know, Swedish vampire movie is dope. And that's it. I mean, like. that's how big it was and uh i was immediately taken with it i was like wow because also this movie is was so different comparatively to other things that were coming out in 2008 or at least me as a 22 year old was watching (laughs) um and revisiting it it really does uh, hold up so uh eddie you had seen this one before no this is the first time Wow. So did you show it to him before the TV series or? No, I I had him experience the opposite. Right. So I had him watch the TV series. He was interested in the subject matter. So therefore I put on Let Me In. I figured that's a more palatable experience for like American audiences because you don't have the subtitles. Uh, The director of Parasite said this, I think, when he won his Oscar. Right. Like it's just like Americans need to get over subtitles. Yes. Right. Uh, and but I, myself, an American, and even though I do work in media, I understand it's just like, but no one wants to read because the problem with the subtitle is you're reading a subtitle and it sometimes lose you. You can't focus on both. Some people just don't have it in them to focus on both the visual while trying to read the subtitle. And that's I understand that. Yeah. Because yeah. I experienced that. So that's why I empathize. So that's why I put Eddie, I gave Eddie Let Me In to watch and stuff. And uh, yeah. It's interesting, though, because this is kind of like the perfect film to watch with subtitles because it's not very dialogue heavy. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I suppose if there was like, you know, an international equivalent to like uh, Aaron Sorkin or uh, Tarantino, which is very dialogue heavy, then you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be reading subtitles the whole time but anyway well it's been um, so long since i'd rewatched them that i just forgot like how much dialogue if there were any involved and stuff i just really remember like the core base of the story because i've said this before i don't like i don't revisit movies too often so this is true. Mm-hmm. i uh even though i do i do like both these films it's not like they're not movies that i would like say like every halloween let's watch this movie because yeah. even though they're classified as horror i think deep down they're really romantic stories they're coming of age romance stories yes and maybe now is a great time for us to talk about the story um essentially you know this is a a story about two kids 
<laughs> in mm-hmm. quotation marks. Well, but yeah, I think um, that's a fair quotation mark to put. <laughs> one is definitely a kid. One is definitely a child, and one says, I'm not a kid. Right. Uh, to an extent. Just so passing a, as a kid. Yes. There is a 12-year-old boy, and he is a bullied boy, a very isolated in his social and personal life boy who lives alone with his mother and who develops a friendship with a girl who moves in next door in his mm-hmm. flat. And that's essentially the just the plot. But to summarize, you know, we pretty much watch their friendship develop as we learn that this this new girl, Eli, and the boy's name is Oscar, is in fact a vampire. And how she, uh, the film spends a lot of time showing how she is living and how she exists, what is how she is provided to since she is a child at the end of the day, or at least mm-hmm. appears to be a child. And then the repercussions of her actions. Meanwhile, while Oscar is going through, you know, all the turmoil that he is ex- experiencing in his life and the confidence he gets by having her as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just my summary. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some scenes, essentially. Right. Um, but this film uh, is in the Western, shot in the Western part. Well, I don't know if it was shot there, but it takes place in the Western part of Stockholm mm-hmm. uh, during, I'm assuming, winter because it's just snow everywhere. Is it? I, yeah, I don't know. Isn't sweet? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it like, isn't like, aren't they always? I guess, snow? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe not I, always. I don't know geography, but like, <laughs> I, I felt like Sweden makes sense for a vampire to hang out because aren't they like almost always in eternal darkness? Or is that just At my interpretation? I think so. I, I think in the winter, like they're just always dark. I don't know. Swedes, if you're out there, let me know. <laughs> Please correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong of my uh, of my understanding of Sweden because I don't. I don't think it's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so the aesthetic of this film is there's snow everywhere and it's just feels so empty and isolated. I mean, there's a lot of and wide cold. shots going on. Yeah. And, and it's cold. So it feels kind of miserable uh, from the moment we meet Oscar. And yeah, I mean, we just we see how regularly bullied he is. Um, he has a mother, Yvonne. And and also like his, his social life is is. Uh, affecting him to the point where he's actually collecting clippings from newspapers about murders and stuff. Yeah. Well, when we meet him for the first time, he's like practicing stabbing, right? Yes. He is Which on, yep. I mean, that's something that gets explored in 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 Let the Right One In, the 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 original film, right? Uh, when she, I think the reason it's hinted that the reason her Ellie and Oscar form a friendship is because she sees that he has like killer instincts in him. And mm-hmm. therefore, does not feel so different from him in on some level, right? Which is kind of dark and twisted. Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> like, Oscar could grow up to be a serial killer. I mean, and most be, likely will. Right, for her. Because that's... For her, yes, yes. That's what her handler kind of does, is what we've yes, come to learn. Yes, yes. So, so... Eli and Oscar meet at their playground, you know, and like immediately the signs are there. I mean, she like practically floats down off of like the playpen. Is it uh, Eli or Ellie? I've been saying Ellie, Mm, but it's also Swedish. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll go with with both. Yeah. Yeah. Either or. Um, Yeah. And that she, you know, she's recently moved in with an older man, Hakan. Hakan. Yes. I don't think they ever say the name. I think you just get that from the credits. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, and you know, pretty much like they talk for a little bit, but it's like, okay, we can't be friends. That's what she says right from the, yeah. 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 
And we see why, because her handler, essentially, who we think is her father, maybe, or uncle or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. he we immediately see someone that he kills someone for her. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that scene was just so good. You know, it's like this faraway shot where he's just like walking and then this like man comes past him and he he pretty much what does he put on him? That I think makes it's him like some not uh, some noxious, not noxious outside. Uh, it could be uh, uh, chlorophyll. Yeah, something like to that extent that mm -hmm. he puts over his mouth, the man passes out, and then he pretty much kills him and hangs him upside down to drain him of his blood. Right. Like, this happens pretty immediately in the movie. <laughs> yep. Um, and he actually is prevented from finishing the job by, you know, some passerbys with their dog. Mm -hmm. You know, so like immediately it's like, honestly, as a script, that's great. You know, like a character has a desire. They want something. They go for it. Something happens that prevents them, you know, from achieving it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like all these things that Hakan, like he can't just. This isn't easy for him at the end of the day. He comes right. through a lot of issues just to obtain what essentially is food for for Eli, for Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, no one said having a vampire would be easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wanted a vampire for a daughter. Well, this is what it is like, <laughs> which is interesting too, because the movie doesn't really talk about backstory all that much, right? No, not the Swedish one. It's just not interested in it. Um, and it's, it, it poses even more questions and, but that's what works about it. You know, like who are these people to each other? You know, what is their relationship? And essentially, yeah, he's just, he's the handler and he goes through a bunch of different situations trying to get food for her and he fails mm -hmm. to the point where he ends up in the hospital yes because he almost got caught he almost gets caught yes he almost gets caught so he decides to throw some acid into on his face yeah to disfigure himself in order to disfigure himself and therefore conceal his identity and then he gives his dying breath to ellie so she can feed one last yeah. time and it's like pretty much you're on your own <laughs> <laughs> like I think he was just giving up. Like I can't do this for you anymore, kid. Right. So, so I had read some reads. Uh, I had read some reads. The reads on this thing. character. Mm -hmm. uh, that in the Swedish version, the Hakan character is played more pedophilish. Right. The way he lingers, looking at the kids changing in the locker room, for example, right, is mm -hmm. in retrospect creepy, and the coldness between. Ellie and him is much more apparent because he isn't he any sign of affection that she shows him he's grateful for and mm. it's kind of the implication there is just like maybe it's because she still resembles that thing that he desires at young age maybe right yeah and oh creepy I yeah love that. that makes the Swedish version <laughs> much creepier right like absolutely yeah and that's the thing, too. It's like nothing's ever really confirmed uh, in the Swedish one, mm -hmm. for sure. So the more you could read into it, the better, honestly. Um, but yeah, so he, he she kills Haksan, Hakan, sorry. And um, I guess later that night, you know, feeling kind of like alone and abandoned, you know, she, she goes to Oscar's room and they kind of start this relationship of sorts. Yeah, he asked her to be his girlfriend she agrees and uh i think it's like shit starts hitting the fan like pretty soon after i mean shit was already hitting the fan for 
for Ellie, but now Oscar's life starts get swinging, you know, into turmoil. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I mean, at, at the risk of you know summarizing the in- entire film or going kind of like scene by scene, you know, what what are some like moments that really worked for you upon this rewatch? So the the first kill that Hassan does really Hakan does really works yes. for me. Oh, I yeah. think it's so effective and like give it up to the filmmaker because unlike American films where we're constantly cutting this one just holds onto this shot for a while and we just see this murder kind of ha- it almost felt like very voyeuristic yeah mm-hmm. uh, and like you were complicit so yeah I mean my next favorite part of the film is actually the ending when uh, we hold on the kid being drowned right mm, Oscar's mm-hmm. being drowned by the the bullies and uh, it's they're retaliating because he s- stood up to them at Ellie's insistence. And uh, as he's being drowned, like all we see and hear is like brutality happening above him as Ellie comes and saves the day. And all we see are body parts just falling into the water. And I thought that was effective and a, a choice not to show the violence, just Loved show the it. aftermath of it. Yeah. And uh, like that. Again, less is more. I'm telling you. I agree. Less is more. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that part. Um, yeah. So for me, I would say there's a sequence in mm-hmm. where, uh, Eli, Ellie, <laughs> Eli, Ellie has to feed and she feeds on this girl, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And, but Virginia survives the attack, but then all of a sudden weird things started happening to her and pretty much every scene <laughs> revolving this poor girl it just like gets worse and worse for her. Like at Pre- first she's like, "Oh, I'm reacting weird to sun, huh?" That's unusual. I'm, it must yeah. be rabies, is what I it would assume. Must be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like oh shit. <laughs> she goes and visits the the old woman with all the cats, mm-hmm. and, and she all the cats, by the cats just gets at- attack her. Like, get the fuck out of here! And the, and then she's like, "Okay, I've been through a lot. I'm gonna go to the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> and when she goes to the hospital, she's like, "Oh, can you open?" the the light you know just so i could see it and then she burns to death she because just, yeah, she's she a fucking vampire incinerates uh, yeah yeah i think that's a good sequence i actually do think the burning is more effective in the in the matt reeves version in okay. my opinion i think it's uh visually uh i mean i mean the visuals of watching someone burn are gross but like yeah. matt reeves has like it's not that it's bigger is better, but like the fire, the way it consumes like an innocent bystander, I think made it much more gruesome. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's like, uh, yeah, it's just really nice because when you watch the film, you're kind of wondering, you know, what is this film about? Mm-hmm. And it works differently, obviously, from an American film and where there's like a clear, you know, inciting incident, and then this is the objective of the movie, and do they get it? Yes or no? It's it's not that. It's this very slow moving kind of just love story. And it's just a bunch of scenes or a bunch of short films. You know, you could say that Hakan has his own short film Mm -hmm. that's cut up in between Eli and Oscar's short films that's cut up in between. Then all of a sudden they introduce Virginia's story. Right. And it's just like, well, what if somebody got turned into a vampire and then they didn't know it and they died? Yeah, because Virginia's story does feel in this film like the most isolated out of all. Like, yeah, she Mm -hmm. is. It's a result of Ellie's actions, but she you know it, it it still feels removed even though we did follow her around bits and pieces here and 
you know, because she lived in like the same building complex as they all do, right? Yes, yes. And and it intertwines because her boyfriend then tries to, you know, track down, pretty much tracks down Eli. That's right. It was the boyfriend who who finds Eli. And then she died. He dies in cold blood at Mm -hmm. at Eli's Mm -hmm. hands. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, and then like the whole short film of like, you know, someone, uh, what if there was a man who had to provide for a vampire, you know, and everything he went through. And it's just all these stories, neat little stories that are intertwined together almost. Like to me, the film feels almost like vignette in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just made up that word, vignette It It feels full of vignettes. And at the end of it, you know, there is kind of no resolution other than the fact that Oscar and <laughs> Eli kind of have their own let's run away together. And live kind of happily ever after in our own demented way. I mean, happily ever after is not, but (laughs) well, for who? Happily ever after for who? I mean, mean, the only one who wins is Ellie. She has, you know, her familiar almost. I guess that's what we could call these guys, right? Mm, Like they're familiars. Yeah. You know, Dracula had Renly. Renfield. Renfield. Uh, you know, Nandor has Guillermo. Yeah. So now this, all these versions are these boys that are kind of being, oh, what's that word that like Republicans love using <laughs> with gays? Uh, gee, I don't know. Shit. They're constantly calling us, uh, you know, oh, well, it'll come to me. Not gaslighting, right? Not gaslighting. The one where. Gender? No. Gender. It's, uh, what's it called? It's the word that means. Like we're being influenced, influenced, but like it has like a negative connotation, usually with like sex work, brainwashing, like something. No, like not that. Bra- God damn it! Corruption, it's, corrupting. <laughs> uh, it's uh, like um, not shadow chaperoned. Uh, no, um, I know what you mean now. Yeah, see, why can't I remember the word? Oh, rep- not not like grooming. 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 Yeah, that's it. That's it. He means. Is grooming. it grooming? Elle yeah. has been. Ellie has been grooming these young boys to be her <laughs> servants. <laughs> I finally got to it. I'm gonna isolate that as the soundbite of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, she really has, and 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 that's the thing too is that they're not like necessarily her slaves. Kind of like um, Guillermo, and and we only have sh- sh- uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Sorry, uh, he is kind of in this way you know too like the handler groomer kind of thing um totally willing participants in this you know Mm -hmm. and and renfield is he was sort of brainwashed by dracula in that case you know like he was kind of uh he was turned insane by him you know and that read could be you know well dracula is this evil lgbt community icon of course he's going to brainwash renfield you could read that on that one but in this one you can't read that right now no yeah yeah like he want he's as sick as demented as her, and yes. So I mean, I wouldn't read that on Dracula. Others could read that on Dracula. <laughs> Just want to say, I don't read that. Um, but yeah, and you know, let me in. I didn't get a chance to finish this film. Uh, what a bummer. I just had, you know, I've been watching a lot of horror movie content, and I think I just, at one point, I was like, I need to, like, watch Doris Day movie or something. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, that I understand, because you... Do you watch the stuff that you're recommending on your TikTok? I would be full are of you, shit I guess, if I didn't on, wait. watch these Are films. you re-watching, I guess, is what I should say. Yeah, so it's actually a combination of stuff I've seen and stuff I've currently been watching. Mm-hmm. And I set a challenge for myself to watch a certain amount of horror movies. Um, and since I'm, you know, putting all this content out there, 
I it's like also making me meet my challenge. Oh, so. nice. Well, uh, no, let me in by Matt Reeves, who I I know I think we mentioned it when we did the Batman episode. I completely mm-hmm. have forgotten uh, when I saw his name show up. I was like, Matt Reeves did this, and I was like, kind of excited. I was just like, oh, this is like one of his earlier films. Like this is, af- this is before or after. <laughs> like is I, I don't even know where on his uh, after Cloverfield Lane. Uh, I actually think that Cloverfield, the first movie, was before Let Me In, but Cloverfield Lane was after, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. He did Cloverfield also, right? I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So, but I, it's interesting watching him, in retrospect, watching him adapt this film, right? Because that's what he basically did. He, He remade the film, and it is an American remake. And I think he's even, he's gone on interviews to even say as much that it is, Mm -hmm. he wanted to Americanize the film, but he did not want to, uh, completely strip it away of like the original film that inspired it. And I think he actually did a good job of like, kind of just turning this Swedish film and making it palatable for American audiences. Uh, there were subtle enough changes. I think that like, it didn't change the story too much. Maybe we introduced a few different characters here and there, uh, yeah. But overall, the core sentiment really focuses on the love story between, in this case, Abby and Owen. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I did see was that this film decided to do like the classic storytelling trick, which is start in the middle and then go back. How did we get here? How often was that done in, 2000, in 2010? Um, That's a I, lot more contemporary, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, like. Oh, super old school is like you start at the end and then the person mm-hmm. literally tells you how they got there. Um, I don't know. I do feel like it has been something that would be like maybe last 20 years with okay. more focus in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I can't really pull too many examples. Okay. But uh, I, mean, I would you know, say this I'm is an early. A, yeah, no, no, I know. But this is a <laughs> definitely an early adopter of kind of like that storytelling method, mm-hmm. which I feel like nowadays is kind of. Yes, almost that's too much. like almost standard, uh, yeah. even for TV shows, like starting in the middle yeah. of the season and then like, how do we get there? Hopefully mm-hmm. hook enough audiences, right? Yeah. I'm looking at you, Revenge. I, I <laughs> ate the shit up, though. Uh, yes, it does start off in that way. In retrospect, I would agree with you. Does it need to? No, because I think it's the story is compelling enough where like, I don't I don't need to see a guy dead in the first like minute. So I don't know. I, I don't know if we needed that, but I did. Uh, yeah. I still love this film. I still, I think this, I, I actually enjoy the shit out of this film and actually rewatching yeah. it with someone who hadn't seen it. I was just kind of say looking at his reaction. I was just like, cause I have recommended this film before to mm-hmm. other friends and uh, they wanted, you know, they were looking for horror and stuff. I'm like, Oh, well I saw this film. Let me in. It's good. Check it out. And, they uh I, I recommended it and then like you know after a few people had seen it they just didn't like it they thought it really? was boring and oh. i was just like i was just like well thank god i didn't recommend the swedish version to you guys yes yeah, uh, and after that i very much i remember soon after i stopped recommending films to people in general as a result i was just like fuck y'all if y'all won't appreciate good movies then i'm not gonna fucking recommend anything oh my gosh who do i know this person that ruined this no for you because okay no you don't <laughs> Well, I would. I'll These smack are people them. from the past who used to work with me in Sabah Shop. But if you're listening and you know who you are, I just hope you ruined that f- for everybody. You just, you just, yeah, seriously, ruined so much. I mean, Rolando's seen some good ass films, guys. So, way to ruin it. Xanadu. Okay. 
<laughs> I personally love Xanadu. So. I knew you would. How did <laughs> I know that you would? So up my alley. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this film begins with an ambulance, you know, taking uh, this man who pretty much he's disfigured, mm-hmm. you know, and they're and they're taking him to the hospital. Um, and while he's there in the well, pretty much they bring him there, and while he's there, you know, I think. Um, like a police officer comes and the tries detective. to question him, but yeah. then the you know the man pretty much jumps out of the window and he mm-hmm. leaves behind a note, which reads, you I'm know, like I'm sorry, Abby. I'm sorry, Abby, and like that's that's how this one begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did why do you think they changed her name? Just because Eli's not a very common girl's name? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I, American, that's I the only worth. reason that that's the only thing that comes to mind. Like I don't know why. Uh, yeah, because a lot of other names stay the same. Like Virginia is still Virginia. Is there but a Virginia? Like, that's the one who gets turned and doesn't. Oh, her name was. Vir- I didn't know her name was Virginia. I didn't know she had a name. Yeah. Well, while looking at the cast. After okay. Days, yeah. yeah. Uh, technically, Hakan didn't have a name. Yes. In this one yeah. either. He, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's in so like crazy. message. Yeah. Let me in has a message boards guy. Like there's people. There's like actual followers of the book and the movies and now the TV show. They have uh-huh. their own message board and. Uh, Wow. They're constantly, you know, people who have read the book recently or the or seen the movie will ask questions, and then like all these people will chime in. But, uh, yeah, Hakan is one of those characters that was never named in either of the two films and stuff. Like it's just a name that you should learn after the fact, after the credits. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's so interesting that you know I didn't even realize that because I I like that I processed their names after I looked it up mm-hmm. and stuff. But, but yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know why why change the names. But so then after this scene, it goes back and we go, you know, two weeks earlier and there's Owen and we see, you know, this young boy played by Cody Smith McPhee, who actually we might know nowadays from The Power of the Dog. Uh, and now he's actually going to be probably more prolific in movies. But oh, who was seen in The Power of the, the Dog? He was a young boy. What young? The one who was trying to bang uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? You could you could say that that's what he was trying to do in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Him. Yeah, him, him. Oh wow, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. I he was, was also where in I saw Elvis. Him. There you go. Yeah, he was in Elvis. Who was he in Elvis? <laughs> yeah, he was actually briefly in the beginning when uh they were still like when Elvis was stor- still touring with Hank Snow. Hank mm-hmm. Snow had a son who like wanted to be like Elvis. That was oh, him. I don't yeah. remember that role. Well, you know go- what? Yeah, going from Power of the Dog to that role in Elvis, you know, not not the best, but well, you yeah. know, you know. It's hard to be an actor, you yeah. know? Yeah, take whatever roles are given to you. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're minor. But you know what? I respect an actor who says, there's no such thing as a small role. I'll do anything. There we go. I'm, I meant no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of like now tell me about, you know, when you watch these films back to back and you did watch them kind of backwards, you know, compare and contrast them for me. Uh, you know, Oscar and Eli compared to Owen and Abby, like... I think the bullying in the 2010 version, for example, is much more, uh, I don't know, it feels harsher, right? Mm. Even though I think the violence in the Swedish one is more, uh, is actually more physical, the the actual psychological warfare behind the bullies is much more prevalent in the 2010 version uh, of what it means to be a bully. Now, is it because when we kind of first meet Oscar, he is, like, you know, using his knife and stabbing? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we meet Owen, he's not doing that, is he? In Owen's version, he is practicing stabbing also, but not he is. as... 
it's not as focused as like the original film, right? Like he, but that's how he meets Ellie. Uh, that's how he meets Abby, right? He's stabbing the tree, and then Abby is like, "What are you doing?" Played by Chloe Grace, Grace Moritz, Moritz, yeah. Who I forgot, like she's so good, and it's such a tragedy that she did Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Seriously, that was in so, retrospect, and like, that was like the last thing I've seen her in. Yeah, and she is this actress who I think is so like. She reminds me of, well, Florence Pugh, I guess, reminds me of her, who mm. I think is just like, these are such two young, promising actresses. I think clearly Chloe Grace Moretz has done more, obviously, because she's had a longer career so far. But it's just like, God, one bad movie. That's all it takes, I guess, to stop that train. I <laughs> guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I will say I haven't really, I don't know of the films she's made of late, other than voicing Wednesday in the Adams Family uh, animated films we covered. Um, whereas like she's done a bunch, I, oh. yeah. But that's the thing. Like she's done a bunch, but like I don't know. Florence Pugh, I definitely can see. Like I agree with you on that. But also, I think Florence Pugh's like younger and I she hate is to younger. Say this younger and newer in like Hollywood terms. Totally. You know, in quotation yeah, yeah, yeah. marks. Whereas Chloe uh, Grace Moretz, she was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I guess now Florence Pugh is her. And Chloe, you know, when she first came out, I mean, she was a. F- Forced. Oh yeah, I think Kick was. was the same year as this movie. I think so too. Yeah, and that was another one where she just became like instant star almost, right? Yeah, because she's yeah. this little girl cursing, you know, dirty mouth and everything, and she just wows in her small role in Thirty Rock wherever she shows up as a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Chloe. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, Chloe. I just thought she'd be like one of the biggest bankable stars. You I know. know. I'm like, hey, she still could be, but she, right know, now, maybe she's she, yeah. You well, know. she did publicly also say that she had like a really hard time because she was being criticized on her body after this Family Guy joke, and like she really wanted to shy away from the public. I mean, being in the Aww, public eye is a terrible awful. thing. Yeah, it first, really is. First of all, she what a healthy looking woman. I know, seriously, and yet <laughs> Family Guy just ripped her body to shreds. That's so. fucked up. Well, yeah, there you go. I I n- know I've never liked Family Guy. <laughs> No, me neither. I just want to put that on the record. I've never liked it, guys. Okay. So, uh, so going back to the movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, tell me about it since I didn't finish it. Oh, okay. I mean, other other things that stand out. I t- so the bullying. I think uh, we get a little bit of backstory for Abby and her handler, and we discover that he's not the father figure. In this one, it's not set out right, but it's definitely hinted or shown, right? They don't tell us that Abby was dis- had a friendship with him at a young age and he grew up to become her handler, you know, her her helper and stuff. And by the by the time we're at this film, he is a lot he's tired. He's older, he's just exhausted and stuff and he is showing it and stuff and he's getting sloppier in his work and uh he has fights with her despite the fact that he is, like, also terrified of her, you know? They have yeah. screaming matches that, like, Oscar is hearing next door. Uh, the film also focuses on, like, kind of their modes of communication, right? We know in the Swedish one that they do communicate with Morse code. Here we kind of see that kind of from the beginning, like how he taught her Morse code so that way they could communicate next to the walls to each other. We see their friendship, like, actually form into friendship. We see her confusion as, like, it blossoms into a relationship, and stuff, and I say it's confusion because, she, as the movie hinted, she had a pass with uh, her handler, the guy that she, she, who's watching her and stuff, and 
uh, you had to assume that like it kind of started off the same way, and maybe it's been so long that she forgotten. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what's some, so what's, I have a question. Oh, yeah, go. Kind of having the backstory of you know Abby and her handler spelt out in this movie. Did you? I wouldn't feel say like, spelt out. It's just okay. it is Hinted, just shown. Well, shown inferred in, yeah. in any way because uh-huh. the Swedish film does not show in any way. Did you think it added to it? Did you think it subtracted to it? I, it made me appreciate. I I liked it when I first saw it, and here since I watched I rewatched these backwards, mm-hmm. it made me appreciate this one much more than the Showtime show, right? <laughs> and I'll leave that at that. I'm okay. not. That's not to disparage the Showtime show. It just made me uh say it's just like okay, but I think I like this. Even Eddie when he found that out, it was like oh that's a. Uh, I did not see that coming. I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know that that's how that was going to be, like that relationship. It, it, it's another form of fucked up mm, that mm-hmm. we get to see. And it's just uh, it's just a little bit more laid out for you to, to see. Interesting. So then you think that having it kind of told in that way does work. I and liked like, it. Do, I thought it worked. You didn't want to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Eddie, I don't, I don't know how you felt. Like when you find out that, that the guy isn't her father he's like really in fact like the guy who's just been maybe in love with her for all these times or just dearly loved her as a friend yeah that was a twist do you <laughs> is there anything you want to elaborate on that i was twisted by it no no i was um <clears throat> no I, I i did like that element too um and because it 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 was like it made some things kind of creepy. Definitely when she she rubs his face. Mm, okay. You know, so yeah. that point where she's like touching his face and stuff like that, and he's like, you know, like like a pet. Huh? He's like a pet. He like not even that, like but a... more like it's weird because I'm thinking it's a father and daughter moment, you know, mm. but then it's not. Then so then what is this? what is this physical touch about? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the order in which you watch things ends up being kind of important when you, when you're watching a story, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you watch the showtime first, then you go into the movie thinking Thinking. father, daughter. Right. And then when that, you know, and that actually, I think really affected in a positive way, you know, how you interpreted the American film. But then when you watch the Swedish film, was it a negative impact when you were like, Oh, they're not going to address how they're related at all. And I guess that's more of a question I have for for Eddie. Like, well, he hadn't saw seen the Swedish one. He didn't see the Swedish one. He didn't see the Swedish one. I oh, never have mind. seen it. I never got a yeah, chance to show him that one. We were <laughs> we were camping, and there was only so much time that we could like yes. squeeze. No, it. I understand. <laughs> no, but so uh, for you then, Rolando. But for me, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't because the read the relationships are handled differently. There's okay. a little more tenderness. There's a little bit more uh, tenderness. Might be the wrong word there's the relationship that we see in the American version, the 2010 seems Mm -hmm. a little bit more fleshed out. Okay. We see them fighting, but we see them also being tender with each other in the 20, 2008 version. We just really see her kind of being monstrous towards him and really cold. Oh, right. And Mm -hmm. I think that might be the difference. Uh, But we also see like, we see his like longing, which is why I think that read of him being possibly a pedophile for the Swedish version is an apt read 
you can't necessarily say that in the 2010 version. I think they kind of stripped that away. Uh, you know, it could be just PC culture. They didn't want to like imply that one of the main characters, is, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's not it's not that it sanitizes it though, right? It just changes how you read the relationships and stuff. And I think it was a uh, the implication making that that change of like, oh, it's not your father. This is because. The kid, Oscar, he is mortified at that moment. He kind of feels used. Yes. When yeah. he finds out, he feels it's just like, oh, whoa, I kind of feel like I've been taken here. So he kind of, uh, I think he immediately leaves after that. He's just like, I got to go. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's a change that worked. I think one of the other brilliant, uh, beautiful shot. I mean, I think both films are shot very differently, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh Matt Reeves being clearly more American, but there is some changes that he made that I think I appreciated more. There's this great shot when the officer is being murdered and he's like reaching out for help. And we see Oscar kind of reaching back and he's not reaching back to help him. He's reaching back to do- grab the door and then close it. And I think that shot is so Oscar or Owen, Owen, I'm sorry, Owen. Yeah. Uh, he, he closes the door and it's such a, it's such a, it's a, a fucked up moment in the movie because he, he again, this is where we see him choose to yes. actively help her and stuff. And yeah, we see and it's purely visual. Him. It sounds like it is purely visual. But yeah, but That's same great. thing. He 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 also I mean, Matt Reeves, he didn't you would assume he would have done the American thing of like showing you the action at the end, like seeing the kids getting ripped apart. He doesn't. He actually holds back on the he he very similar to the Swedish film where like we just see the kid being drowned. And uh, we just see the carnage. I think he shows us like glimpses of like, uh, if I remember correctly, he shows us like glimpses of like like shadows and like people running and stuff. But like nothing, we don't see anything. We don't see carnage. We don't see the actual carnage. Mm. We mm. just see really focusing. Uh, the only carnage we see is actually happening in the pool when we see like a head fall in and like body parts and blood. Mm. Uh, again, smart choice on Matt Reeves' part because I think that's one of the most effective parts of the original film, and it works. My other thing I did like, though, is how they handled the handler. Like, the handler, when he's out hunting, those scenes are so creepy. It feels like you're watching, like, Summer of Sam or something. Like, a serial killer just stalking in the night, uh, looking for prey. Yeah. And, yeah. I again, effective, I thought. So, mm. yeah, no, this film, totally creepy. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those, like, it's just one of these, like, movies that, like, when I saw it, it made me, in retrospect, because I saw this early on when I think I was still, like, in school or, like, finishing up school or something. Or maybe just starting my career. And I kind of like, oh, this is, like, a kind of movie that I would love to, like, make one day. Like, uh, mm. it's Oh, a, wow. Because it's not... Yeah, because for me, this isn't... Again, it's a movie that's a romance coming-of-age story, which I do tend to... Not gravitate towards those, but I do like teen dramas, for example, right? Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, especially for TV. This had that horror slant that kind of just made it so much more interesting. And that's why I do like both of these versions. I think the Swedish one is a lot colder. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it feels colder. The And the American one has like that warmth to it, that kind of the Swedish one. Not needed. It just changed it up a little. Yeah. 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 And then there's the Showtime television series. And then there's a Showtime television series 12 years later. Yeah. Do you know anything about the development of this? Uh, Yes, I actually have that ready this time. Uh, Let me see. It was originally developed for A&D, which is, I don't think, a good sign. 
<laughs> then it was uh, picked up in 2016 by TNT. Uh, and then TNT in 2017 announced that they had scrapped the pilot and were shopping the, the series to other networks. Yeah. It was in March of 2021 that Showtime ordered the pilot. And uh, later that year, in twenty uh, in September, Let the Right One In was ordered as a 10-episode series by Showtime. And the show came out in 2022, as we're, we're in now. And let me see. In October 2022, Jean Avide Lindquist, I think that, that's the author, mentioned that he had nothing to do with the TV show and mm. lamented inadvertently selling all rights to the book for only one sec when he thought he was only giving Hammer Films the right to make the movie, Let Me In, uh, meaning that he'll get no royalties from the TV show. So I guess the author of the book is not happy. Can you believe that? That is, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I could tell why, because I actually heard some things about the book that I want to share. Oh, but sure. Should we share that now? Um, sure. After, after. Okay, so something I read about the book, which I have not read, but that in the book, one, you are actually right, where they do spell out that Hakan is a pedophile. But two, Oh, is that in the book? Yes. Oh, okay. And so then Matt Reeves toned that down. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, Eli is actually a boy who was castrated when he turned into a vampire 200 oh, years ago. So and we have a little bit. And he dons women's clothes. So this, so we have a little bit of a trans story also happening yep. here, which makes mm-hmm. those all those scenes where like, uh, the f- girl vampire says, "I'm not, I'm not a girl." Ex- uh huh. Much more different. Interesting. I wonder. Yep. Okay. Well, now, hang on. I'm just gonna say this. This is gonna piss me off a little bit for this Showtime show because we had the opportunity here to. We had the opportunity to kind of change a, things. They went in almost like a assumed what the movie was about <laughs> direction and went with it. Well, um, I kind of was hoping that like they were going to do a little bit of uh introduction of LGBTQ characters for this one. Specifically, I kind of was hoping that uh the relationship would have been like maybe a lesbian story, like the two like they could have been two girls. Or it could have been a trans kid who the reason he's being ostracized is because he is trans or they are trans, right? And they're being, they're labeled the other. And guess now, if now you're telling me this, like, <laughs> it, it, this is writing itself. Like, clearly the, uh, the sexless vampire would be the one to befriend him. Wow. Now I'm mad at Showtime a little bit. I'm so Seriously. mad you told me that because I actually was. I'm sorry. I'm I was going to say I'm be watching the show. Oh, you are? Okay. Uh, I'm going to continue it. I, I, there's some things about it that I do like. So let's just say right off the bat that this has nothing to do with the novel. I mean, it's just completely, it took the premise and it made it its own. Yes. Like it, yes, fine. The novel, I don't know how much the novel focuses on the relationship between the two kids, but the two films, that is the predominant story for the series. That's kind of getting swept to the side, which is, I think, such a disservice. But how do you make yeah. a TV show about two kids falling in love into an adult series? You have to throw it in a different story, yeah. And maybe, you know, they were just like, well, Virginia's isn't interesting enough because she gets turned and then dies. So we need something that can carry us through a season, maybe multiple seasons. I'm sure that's the hope. Mm-hmm. So in this Showtime version, 
we have a father and a daughter, and they are a father and a daughter. It is confirmed. Right. Um, we got Damien Bashir, who plays Mark Kane, and we have his daughter, Eleanor, uh, played by Madison Taylor uh, Baez. Let me tell you, the dad is, I think, so sexy. Sexy. I think he's very sexual. He has, like, a sexual energy to him. Uh, okay. I don't know. Am I the only one who felt that way? Eddie? No. He all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. Uh, definitely didn't feel that way. And the uh, the boy who befriends Eleanor in this one is Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah. And you know what? Right off the bat, why is this kid uncool? There's nothing. Like I just don't get it. Like I don't understand at least how children work anymore nowadays. Because there's nothing. I mean, at least I got why Oscar was uncool. I mean, he's fucking stabbing trees. He's like weird. Mm-hmm. He is weird, right? Isaiah's just like, hey, how's it hanging? You guys want to see some magic? Like, he's just so sweet and, like, has this positive energy. (laughs) I don't understand why nobody likes him. Well, because everyone in New York is jaded, apparently. Oh, that's a major change here. We went from Los Alamos to New York City. Yes. That I is guess, a huge yeah, I guess change. so. I guess being in New York and like everyone's just like, Ugh, but who is this like positive loser who says, how's it hanging? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I feel like the trope of like the out, the out, the kid as the outsider, this one, I just feel like these writers didn't know. Yeah. And if you just want, I just feel like it's just like, oh my God, how like clear you add LGBTQ into the kid's <laughs> life and now you have now it all makes sense why he's going to be ostracized and like be an other and yeah. even that even that itself might not be enough anymore in in, in new that's york true. city that's true. in new york city it might like being gay it's just like who is it who is it exactly so it's like they either really struggled and they were like fuck it let's just make him a magic nerd which will, I'm sure, come into play later on in the series. Or, because also when we're recording this, two episodes have come out. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Just so two. we're only able to talk about the first two. If you're listening to this in the future and want to hear us talk about more, we're sorry. We can't. But you can um, listen to me in the new podcast, Let the Right Pod In. Oh, I'm not going to listen to that. Uh, so it's like, or they didn't want to risk offending anyone with their representation of what wasn't cool. But like at the same time, it's like, whatever, like be accurate to like standards nowadays. It's just really interesting that, that this is like the kid who's uncool. So, and I also like, they're not establishing him as necessarily troubled mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, um, burdened by this isolation of his, I mean, burdened in a normal way, but not in a different type of way. No, yeah, he seems really well adjusted for a <laughs> yeah, like for he a seems child fine. of divorced parents who has like a father who has walked out or yeah. has been kicked out, right? Who had drug problems, right? Seems like a pretty well adjusted kid. Like, oh, he likes magic. Yeah, and maybe well, that's the point in this one. Maybe they're like, hey, instead of a troubled kid, maybe she, you know, gets he's with all a normal right. kid. Yeah, the kids are all right. But again, like everyone hates him. Like he tries to talk to this one girl, and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> She the most gothy-looking kid in all of New York City is too cool for this boy, who just wants to like show her magic. That's it. It's actually kind of precious. Um, his mother is a cop, uh, and is like, "Hey, listen, the world out there is—it's n- not safe. It's not accepting. You know, like, be careful." And he's just like, "What are you talking about, mom? How's it hanging?" You know, like he's just so positive and sweet and all smiles. Um, I just wanna, before we go on, I wish so badly. 
the mom was played by Regina King because Regina King was a detective in the show Southland. Also, she was a cop in uh, in Watchmen. But yes. I feel like she would have done such a great job in this role. They would have get you know because she's not, too good for it now. Though she clearly is too good for this. Uh, she's also a filmmaker now, so she's off making. That's her also own true. Stuff. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. She would have had to direct like the pilot episode, and it would have been phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> she's also like in like random commercials now because she's making that money. But anyway, um, yeah. So there's there's that right. There's that's the Oscar Eli Owen Abbey aspect. We have Isaiah. And we have Eleanor. But now there is a brand new side plot going on. That actually is how the show opens up on it this does, side yes. plot. Uh, and there is a man whose name is Peter Logan, I believe. I, I, he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire who is dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And he is estranged from his daughter, played by Grace Gutmer, who is Meryl Streep's daughter. Oh, is know. she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did not so know to see that face. I didn't they have such a similar it's, look. Yeah. She's I got mean, like this facial structure of Meryl Streep. I sure. didn't. Yeah. I was. She reminded me of someone. I could not put a finger to it. <laughs> so. Diane Keaton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she she definitely. Uh, wait, wait, why Diane Keaton? It was a joke. Oh, I was going to say, it's just like, wait, Diane Keaton is also Meryl Streep's daughter. What? I was yeah. confused for a second. Okay. <laughs> But she definitely in that in that like sequence, you know, is is pulling out everything she's got uh, acting chop wise, you know. Why? Why? If you were Meryl Streep's daughter, would you go into acting? Uh, you know, I feel like people who it's like the family business, right? Like oh. a lot of people want to follow in the footsteps of their parents and, and take over the family business. Hard shadow to step out of. So it was like Uma Thurman's is, daughter. Yeah. And she did awesome in Stranger Things. Yeah, but Uma Thurman isn't as prolific an actress as Meryl Streep. Oh my God. <laughs> no offense. I, I'm not shading. I'm not shading like Uma Thurman. Like Uma Thurman has a great catalog under her. I'm just saying. You're right. Yeah, but Meryl Streep is... Meryl Streep down is a... The, yeah, she yeah. is a... Actre- like we think of like some of the finest actresses of our generations she yeah. is one theaters of them. will be named after her kind of a thing i mean i think maybe you know at the end of the day like they're kids of actors like what the fuck else are they gonna do <laughs> take singing like, do something maybe else. i would just be like find another oh my god as they're not on. gonna be they're not gonna be pharmacists <laughs> they're not they're just not as so anyway. this character as these characters are yes or so, technically they're bio engineers right they do uh the father made like opioids basically yes yeah he's like he's like the sackler family we had a painkiller that was highly addictive no no the idea was that it wasn't supposed to be addictive but people figured it out but they figure they melt it and then you know inject it yeah yeah and yeah so they're estranged because of that and she's just like and also pretty much she raised her brother right um, who I think who is that? What's his name? Uh, Joshua. Peter. Peter. Then Peter. what's the father's name? Oh, I don't remember. So it's Peter Logan. That's the, the kid. That's the kid. Peter Logan is the kid. Okay. So then, who's the father? Arthur Logan. Like Matthew. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So yeah. All right. So Peter's a son. So she raised her brother. Mm-hmm. Like and then like pretty much one day, you know, the father comes in, takes him out for sh- uh, hunting, and then he dies. And she right. like never forgave him, and they're estranged. Well, it turns out that he actually didn't die in the traditional sense. He became a vampire, and for the last ten years, his father has been trying to come up a way with ways to cure him. Mm-hmm. And that's how the series opens. Is like you know, this old man takes this young boy outside, and it's like, look, you can see the sunrise. But then, of course, after a bit, he starts to flame burn. on. Yeah. 
and, catches uh, fire. It's Arthur. Arthur. His father's name is Arthur Logan. His, he Arthur is Arthur Logan. Got it. And so, ten years later, he's still alive, but his he's disfigured from you know being in the sun and burning. Because I guess at that point he thought I oh, cured no, 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 that wasn't ten years. That, was, that had just happened. That was recent. Oh, that just had. Oh, that had okay. just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. So sorry. <laughs> just recent. <laughs> and it looks like he's healing from it. He is healing already. Yes. Probably the go. more blood you drink, the more you heal. Yes, like in Hellraiser. <laughs> is that? Well, Ooh. technically, the more blood that was shed. Oh, yeah, that like was, that yeah. guy. You're yeah, right. there you go. It all comes <laughs> was, full circle. We just saw that. Uh, <laughs> no, so what do you think of this I was thinking of, like, the demons. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I don't think they heal. What, um, the, the Cenobites. Um, what do you think of this new story that they're throwing in there? So, honestly, the new story feels a little uh, generic. Yes. But a derivative of, like, a lot of those, like, biological dramas uh Mm -hmm. which i don't think i don't i can't say i've seen many tv shows like that but it felt like uh world war z a little bit right okay uh or 28 days later the i'm not and that's not me throwing shade per se because i'm actually i don't think while it's not maybe the best storyline i do feel like it's just like i'm interested enough to know what okay how I'm kind of interested to see, like, where where is this plot going? And I was more curious, like, how is this going to be connected to our main characters? We saw that. And we saw it, yeah. They, they, they allude to it as, like, the kids knew each other at some point. At they camp. were in the same school p- camp. camp. It was camp. They yeah. were in the mm-hmm. same camp. Yeah. So, you know, did she turn him or were they both turned together? It looked like, no, they look like when that picture was taken, they look both human. They both look human, yeah. yeah. So, no, I guess my question is, like, did it happen at camp? Or did were who they both who? like who mm-hmm. turned who? Did one of them turn the other and stuff? So yeah, so I found I found that story compelling enough for me to like be interested in it. I mean, it completely strips away from like the 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 beauty of like these teenage love stories, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm kind of was here for. I'm like, oh my god, how great is this? Like a teen drama with vampires. Like yeah, yeah. It sounds well, like what's I that mean, show? Twilight? Uh, no. Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries. Thank you. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I hear it's good. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you do want to do something new and you kind of need to take things in a different direction because it's also like, oh, you thought you knew the story. Well, here's a brand new story, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I understand that. But is this a story that, you know, I expect? Not only did I not expect, but did I did I want? And that's like a question that I guess I have more so for myself because we're only right. two episodes in. Yeah. So there's not really an, enough here. But you said you will continue to watch this show. Yeah. So do you know what it is that's kind of drawing me into this show? I'm mm-hmm. not saying by any means that like because this this show does not hold a candle to the original films, but yeah. uh, enough to intrigue me. I'll say is just like I'll keep watching it because I do love the the films and I kind of know I know where the stories are going to go. So let's see what you're going to throw at me to like kind of make me say is like, huh? Uh, for me, what I actually found myself enjoying, since we're not going to focus on the kids love story, focusing on the parents of kids who are yeah. affected by the vampirism is, I think what's kind of my driving interest here or p- seeing parents in general handling the situation. Right. So, yeah. Or different children, kids different who are ju- different. Yeah. So I think, one of my favorite things is like uh, with uh, with Eleanor and her dad, 
versus Arthur and Peter is like seeing the very, very harsh class divide mm-hmm. in this story, right? Like the rich have a privilege to get resources. To, they have the resources to, you know, treat their children while the poor have to fucking resort to murder to survive. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a very like Arthur doesn't murder anyone. He has someone else do the murdering for him. He pays the help to do it. And meanwhile, uh, Ellen, Ellie, she's Ellie in this, uh, she has to depend on her father to survive. And, uh, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. committing these horrible things. He himself is now becoming a monster and we're seeing his struggle with it. Yeah. Uh, he, I he, actually, like, the rules are, is that you don't hunt, you know, I do it for you. And, and we see him do it, you know, and there's even this moment where he, he, he kidnaps this man mm-hmm. and the man is pleading with him, you know, like I just, got sober i you know i I, i'm doing this for my kids and stuff and he's like well guess what so am i and he slits his throat yeah and he's isaiah's father yep that's the other twist right Uh, sorry guys for the spoilers uh but uh, so yeah so that all this stuff i kind of find compelling plus i do i'm a sucker for father daughter stories as of late because of playing the last of us which is why I'm so excited for the for the TV show to come out for on HBO. Uh, so I, I I'm like behind it. It's not it's in my favorite iteration so far, but yeah. I was I was just kind of like okay, I I, I kind of well, so like what we're doing here. What do you think this this is trying to comment about parenting? You know, taking like okay, we're not going to tell, or at least the love story is not going to be the only aspect here. Mm-hmm. And you know they seem to be taking the love story even in a different direction with with changing fundamentally who at least uh, Isaiah is instead mm-hmm. of uh, Eleanor, uh, but we have two different parents providing for their children in different ways, um, and we got one who obviously he's like killing his ass and he's become a murderer, but he's obsessed with healing her with mm-hmm. changing who she is, mm-hmm. you know. And Eleanor's more like, well, this is who I am, and I should fend for myself and i should do all this and his the father's like no yeah because he doesn't want her to become a monster he actually is trying to protect her from becoming what he has become yeah you know in order to keep her you know what i mean to keep her yeah yeah so it's interesting yeah like that whole like that fierce protection you know of trying to prevent your child who you know the world won't accept uh from becoming a monster because you have become a monster and but in trying to defend them. I don't know. Do you think there's like a uh, allegory going on? I think there is. <laughs> I think they're, I think they're trying, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a show that is trying. I don't know. It won't be, I'm not going to call it the most successful show, but yeah, even the mom, she's trying to protect her kid from the, the harsh reality of the world. Right. She's just mm-hmm. like, she's trying to say, it's just like, be normal. Be don't, don't, don't stand out. Just yeah. fit in. Right. Like as I actually do feel like, cops or even people in the military that's kind of their mindset right like just stand in line be, yeah don't you know stand I mean? out yeah you'll make it, it makes sense for this character do. uh yeah. so yeah so i think yeah i guess that's kind of why I've, I've been enjoying these two two episodes uh i do i think i'm not crazy about the storyline about like how i think one of the characters is using the blood of peter to like create like a highly synthesized drug that turns people into like vampiristic animals. I think that's kind of silly. Yeah. That I'm not I am not digging that storyline. I'm just like, that's one D storyline we could have stripped away from completely. It's a lot for two episodes. <laughs> it is a lot. It is. <laughs> like, okay, like let's maybe introduce that in episode five or something. But But um, I do love the idea of vampire 
chimpanzees. <laughs> I don't know why that's so horrific because they're already more they're already stronger would, no, than yeah. us. I mean, vampiric, right? you know, animals who there's no ration, there's no you know thinking right. to it. It's just pure you know animal lust. Um, is interesting. I, well, you know, that reminds me too much though of True Blood. Honestly, were there vampire were animals like, in True Blood? No, 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 like um, the, like getting high off of a uh, V, which they called it in True Blood. Oh, right, v, right, 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 and stuff, and then like you know, like I don't know, True Blood was just so like definitive though for a while, and I think that also came out around Twilight and Vampire Diaries when like the vampire craze was huge. I but like I think of them, like integrating the books did yes, oh, okay, um, but in terms of media. Um, integrating like vampires and how like realistically they would be, you know, treated. Uh, I think True Blood really, really kind of like defined that because mm-hmm. like in every other property, vampires live in the shadow and True Blood, they live in the light. But it's interesting, too, because even though the vampires live in the shadow in this one, I don't know, there's a, almost an element to it of like the vampire. Vampires are more amongst us in ways that we just don't realize. In the TV show? In this TV show. Like when he takes his daughter out in the first episode for like, you know, a night on the town. And then he sees a, f- a man without shoes on walking around and he's got those crazy eyes. But at the end of the day, he's just a drug addict. You know, there almost is kind of like this weird, like drug addict slash could be also a vampire. They're so closely resembled in this world, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I'm sure that we're going to find more and more that there's a lot of people out there who are drug addicts. You know, of course the main villain, the Logan guy is pretty much a Sackler. Right. So, you know, it's also like, is this a commentary too on like, just kind of like last week with like... Big Pharma? Big Pharma and drug use though. Interesting. Wow. Is that the theme for October? Maybe. Yeah. The real, <laughs> the real demon here is, is drug addiction. You know, because also it's like, is that the allegory that's being presented? You know, you don't want your child to disappear in this terrible addiction. You know, and that's the thing. Like addiction numbers are up in this country. Yeah. Um, and it's a real fear. And it's like... I mean, it's always been terrible, but like it's becoming more and more like, you know, people, you know, and stuff are really drowning in this. Well, isn't that what good media is supposed to be? Right. Like just. Oh, or at least good horror, good sci fi. No, it's absolutely. Always allegories on like what parents are fearing the most. Now. Or just what people are fearing. I mean, if you look at any decade, you could pinpoint right. the film that like, you know, like the fly in the 80s, the best film they made in the 80s about AIDS, you know, like always giving a commentary on what's going on in in modern in in your contemporary society Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because then it's like okay so that could be a read that like that's what he's trying to prevent his daughter from becoming you know a monster to the drug addiction but it could be another read um the show i think hasn't gone long enough for us to cover for us to say you know and so far the road to getting there as to what they're the show is like trying to provide us with i personally don't know if i'm willing to go further to find out but mm-hmm. you are. and But also, I don't really watch TV. I mean, I think the last time I really got into a TV show, Bly Manor, maybe. I mean, God. Watchmen was definitely like one that I was like, holy shit, this is like a 10-hour film. It was so good. But Bly Manor was after. No, I'm saying Watchmen is like the one that's oh. prevalent in my mind. Yeah, but I, I mean, but Watchmen was, is also... I watched yeah, Watch the whole Be- Bly Manor, too. Watchmen is also just... That was, yeah. I, that was a surprise, also, when we... <laughs> we covered that I was like oh i wasn't aware this show was going to be yeah that good it yeah. was really it was really good guys <laughs> that is a high bar for television though <laughs> yeah no for sure one that i um, which is interesting right because it's a showtime show so showtime i have a lower caliber <laughs> than hbo even hbo you love i dexter. demand yeah even dexter but dexter is a lesser show 
of like you know a peak tv uh when it came out it was cool but like it it it, it ran its course so i don't showtime is not is one of those like uh a channels that i'm just like it's just like okay i'm expecting like a c or a b right when i'm always watching hbo it's just like if i don't get an a i'm not watching you you know what i mean (laughs) i demand greatness yeah. Uh, and, they usually, and they usually deliver. That's why my expectations for The Last of Us in 2023 mm. are so high. Yeah, this uh, is the third time you've dropped that name. Because this show does <laughs> remind me of that. A lot of, uh, I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, well, the father-daughter thing is just, like, it's so prevalent. Even the even though the the marketing for this show is very similar to The Last of Us, like, artwork, right? Like, the father hugging the daughter mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, that's... it. It even looks similar to that show. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that video game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, knowing that, like, I'm, like, expecting, like, all right, I'm expecting to be, can I be entertained by you, Showtime? The answer was yes, I was. Is, is it the exact thing I wanted for uh, Let the Right One In? No. I don't like, per se, how quickly they drop in the line, like, I had to be invited in. And it just, it happens so nonchalantly. Yeah. Where in the original two films, the prior two films, like, it's a moment when that happens. And there's another follow-up moment where she shows what happens if she's not invited in. You know what I mean? This one, it felt so, like, kind of not important. Yeah. You know? I mean, to me, overall, this is, it's fine. Uh, I see that it Mm -hmm. has intention, and I see that it wants to go somewhere with it. Um, But it just also... For me, at least, and this is me personally, it has such a tough bar to follow. And it's a bit of an unfair comparison because that Swedish film is so well done. It's so atmospheric. It's so, in a way, like, it's such an auteurist film, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just so, like, each frame feels like a painting. And so for me to have that bar set, and then approach the television show with that bar is unfair to the television show because it's very much its own thing. But I already got let the right one in the film. So mm-hmm. I personally am not looking for, you know, a reimagining or just a different, you know, uh, take on this story. I liked it the way it was. So mm-hmm. it's just, Hey, if you're interested in it and you think it's good, I, that's cool. And, and watch the rest of the show. But for me, it was just kind of like fine. And I'm going to probably forget about it by next year. Probably. So. Uh, let's see where I end up on that. Let's see how the show ends. But yeah, I will did say you finish, this. Did you watch any more American Gigolo? No. Yeah, that's. that's I felt the same way about that. <laughs> but I will say last closing thought here, though, is I think Let the Right One In is something in comparable hands that could get remade for a very contemporary audience still in some of those changes that I had mentioned before, right? Like, oh, I didn't know that the vampire was sexless. If you throw in a little trans allegory there now for our bullied character, right? And you throw it, you don't, you don't need to make it urban, right? Urban settings make sense for the amount of killings that happen in the show, but you throw it in a rural setting where a trans child will probably be ostracized and uh, almost hated by the community. It, makes sense why this friendship would blossom right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh it doesn't maybe we strip away the romantic element and it's just about a friendship i i I think 
Those are always it's sweet there. as well. Yeah, and I think it, it could. So I, I'm kind of upset now that Showtime didn't take the chance. <laughs> learning upon yeah. this. Yeah, it's kind of easy to just go the parenting route, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what did you guys think about Let the Right One In, Let Me In, and Let the Right One In? Uh, let us know your thoughts. Email us, remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals, Facebook.com slash Remakes Reboots Revivals, Twitter at Remakes Podcast, YouTube search for Remakes Reboots Revivals. And if you enjoyed this podcast, find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a little rating. Let us know your thoughts or just follow us on any of your podcasting platforms and give us a nice little rating. And lastly, if you want to call in and let us know your thoughts, call in at this number. Rolando's going to tell you now. 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. That is the number. So I just want to tell you something really quick. I saw Smile. Oh, how was it? Did you see the trailer? Um, I don't think so. I've only seen oh. like the viral marketing at like the... At the baseball games? Yeah. Well, so there... I kind of think you should see it. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to say it, something about it, but I don't oh. want to. It could potentially ruin it. Okay, fine. Don't ruin it for me. I, I might. I'm. I'm probably not going to watch it in theaters though. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you. Yeah, Why? you didn't see. Barbarian. I mean, you recommend every movie go to see in theaters. Like I'm a very. High <laughs> I bar would here. not say go see Don't Worry Darling or anything like that in theaters. Wait for video on demand. But whenever Barbarian comes out, watch it. Didn't Is it that, come out already? I, on video on demand. Oh. Um. I think that was better, actually. That's like the ultimate horror film of the year. But. So yeah, horror movies, so much of them. Uh, next week, again, Rolando may or may not be here, so we will determine that shortly amongst <laughs> us. But uh, until next time, stay, stay an original. original.